You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of Process. I am so excited. We have been talking about this, getting it ready for weeks and weeks. I am Hunter Brody. I am here with D-Ray. And we are going to bring all sorts of Sixers conversation to you. Not just Sixers, but I think at this point, with everything going down, there will be some more NBA-related news as well. But the 76ers, it's it's... Our blood. I mean, we bleed 76ers basketball, so we will be breaking it down throughout this coronavirus time, which is a brutal, brutal time. But D-Ray, how do you feel about this opportunity to link up and talk some hoops? Good, man, good. Since our first meet, we were like, listen, we got to do something together. When we started talking about the Sixers, it was like, nah, we got something. So we definitely going to have some things to agree on, definitely going to have some things to disagree on, but I, I love it. I love it. And it couldn't have been a better time to start it, man. Let's get it. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. So we started a Twitter account, at Processed 76ers, where yes, you sir. will be up to date with news on the podcast. We put out video content as well and giveaways. And right now, we are actually giving away a pair of Allen Iverson socks <laughs> the the pin the tweet is pinned at the top of our profile to to qualify I would love a pair of those I was, I was about to ask like yo could we enter it that'd be cr- that that would be sick I, I wouldn't do that to people but I I might have to go get a pair myself yeah absolutely that thing is absolutely fire I love it all right so to break down what we will be discussing in this podcast we have a couple different topics and the first one we'll we'll run through Embiid because he's been in the news helping out this coronavirus stuff that's happening. Elton Brand was linked with the New York Knicks and that's very interesting because, you know, he isn't I don't I don't know uh, where I fall with Elton Brand in terms of what he has done so far, but I lean mm. towards keeping it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Also, there was this pretty good scenario laid out by Clutch Sports and it listed five Sixers, ex-Sixers, former Sixers if you will, and you can only have one back. So we will break into all that. So I guess at this point, we'll start out with this. And I know I didn't lay this out in the rundown, but this is where the NBA is going right now. It is possible that we will be getting a horse competition (laughs) on ESPN. Your initial thoughts. That's that's desperate. That is. I get it. You got to get the views up. We got to see. Listen, we're all fiending for basketball. How many more hardwood classes can you watch? You know what I mean? It's getting to a point where it's just like, listen, we need some basketball. But to see these dudes walk out in their driveway, apart from seeing their houses, and if if, if me some dudes like with some dope houses, outside of pseudo MTV crib slash horse, I'm not for it. I do not want to see somebody just run outside and just chuck up a, a layup from half court or something, or Steph Curry hitting that finger roll from free throw line. No, no. Well, here's the thing. What if, say, say LeBron James is playing D-Wade or something, just some uh-huh. friends and some good competition, and LeBron drills a deep shot from, like, I don't know, 45 feet out, let's say. And then D-Wade knocks it, but he's 43 feet out. Who's the judge? Yo, whoa, 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 whoa. You're a step in, dude. You know what? What if something like that happens? Exactly. It's just, it's such a stretch. All right, how is it going to work? You know, what's too much? What's too little? It's no. Like I said, outside of, of getting the tour, Drake's, I hate to bring in music, Drake's last song. Let's be honest. That that Tootsie Slide, it sucked. It was not a good song. I, that can, is see, not, I can see you doing that on TikTok. Yeah, hell no. Hell no. That is not a good song. But we all watched the video to see his house. We got, like I said, a pseudo MTV crib style, and then they went outside and shot. All right, that's the type of content I'm here for. But just seeing them chuck up shots. Not a fan. It's so weird to think about 
that actually being a scenario that is possible. I would never think in a million years, one, we would have no sports. Two, this whole country is on lockdown. The whole world at this point is essentially on lockdown. And we are going to have horse being played by two different people in two different areas. Listen, if it does happen, I think we might have to do it for this podcast and see what the people think about my jumper. <laughs> oh, for that. I'm for that. I'm, I'm for me and you doing it regardless. But I, I I can't watch that. I can't stand behind that. Yeah, see, the problem is, and you know this by now, I, I play D. Like, I, my bread and butter is D. I'm going to have to, I don't know, make a montage of me diving for loose balls, like busting a couple teeth slow motion. You see my teeth chip out. That's what I do. That that would be my montage. So I don't know if, I, if I'd be, maybe we could have like a charge challenge or something. I would win. I would win. All right, so you and Shane Batty, go ahead. <laughs> Shane Batty, I like that. I like that. All right, so it does seem though with this whole horse conversation, the conversation with the NBA isn't positive. It, it, I heard Brian Winhorse speaking, and it seems like the conversation has transitioned from what are we going to do to get the season back to what do we do if the season does not happen? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I don't see it happening. And I hate to be a pessimist. I know these first two statements off rip. It's like, damn, this guy's a Debbie Downer. But at the end of the day, let's say they do. Because at this point, we're in the house till June. That's what everybody's saying. Certain states have already kind of packed it up, told the school it's over until at least June 1st. And then they'll figure it out then. Let's say they do bring the NBA season back then around the time that we're used to the finals and they try to push things back. That's weird because you have to staff those events, not to get too technical, but not to mention, not everybody's going to be flying into the stadiums. Like, I, I don't think, I think they just pack it up. And I'm going to be honest, bros, I'm kind of looking forward to them packing it up because that gives everybody that much more rest. When they get back in, they get to work out, so we don't have to worry about any injuries when people come back. But then imagine next season, the home opener in Brooklyn when KD has on a Nets jersey, or the Lakers were looking like they were going to get a title this year, and then they come out with the fire they have next year. Like, that's what I'm looking forward to more than the season coming back at this point. Yeah, and and take it away from just sports too. I feel like because we're anticipating sports back, and, and I am every single day, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm so bored out of my mind. I told you this off the air. I bought a skateboard. That's how <laughs> bored I am. I need something to get out of the house. I shot hoops for three weeks straight. I rode my bike around. No, no, no. It's time for a damn skateboard. That's how <laughs> bored I am. But if you, if you do cancel these seasons, the NHL, the NBA, I think it gives everybody a, a, a mindset of, okay, we're not going to be back in June. We're not going to be back in July. This is so serious now, even though we should already have that mindset. But it gives you that that fake hope maybe goes away and you realize, okay, we are legitimately going to be this way for a significant amount of time. Let's do what we need to do so we can get back on our feet. Exactly. Exactly. It'll just, it'll just push everything forward. I mean, me and you been there. It's like trying to get on an injury. You know what I mean? Like you got a sprained ankle. You keep getting on it. You keep getting on it. Nah. Just take the two weeks, you know, take the time. Like, it's, it's not going to be the best. Use it to work on other things, but I, I don't see NBA coming back. And even if they do right now, everybody's out of shape. It's knowing how these guys can work out and be ready for an NBA-level game. It's going to look like the, they got hit by the Space Jam juice. So, no, leave the season, leave the season alone, figure it out next year, build anticipation over the summer, and even a start of a preseason next year is going to be crazy. So, you know, let alone when we get to October. It's, it's pack it up. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you. It's I think it's time, and what what would they do? You mentioned them not being in shape. All right, hey, here's the NBA playoffs. Huh? We haven't played in months, and you just want to hop into the NBA playoffs? There's too much involved. This is just weird and odd. And, and speaking about this 
being a, a lot and whatnot, Joel Embiid, a good segue here to, to Embiid. And mm-hmm. at the end of the, uh, I was going to say the NBA season, but before all of this happened, there was this weird relationship, if you will, with Joel Embiid and the fans, and he's shushing them, he's screaming the F-bomb. And then even post-game, there would be, I don't know, it, it would just feel weird as if they were butting heads, like brothers that love each other, but they butt heads and they fight a lot. That was Embiid with the fans. Right now, he is donating $500,000 to the corona, to the uh, COVID-19 medical relief efforts, and then him and Josh Harris, along with David Blitzer, combined $1.3 million to Penn Medicine, and it seems, and that was for actual um, healthcare workers themselves, not so, it's the people working in the hospitals trying to get everybody ready to get back on their feet. He's donating all this money. It seemed like he really stepped up to be a leader for this city, a guy who went to a basketball camp with Lukumba Mute a few <laughs> years back. I mean, the guy literally just started playing basketball, and here he yeah. is now helping out the city of Philly. Yeah, I think it's amazing, man. At the end of the day, this show is called what? Processed. We talk about trusting the process of Philly. He's the process. He's the guy. At the end of the day, until somebody changes it, he is our guy. And to see someone, you said, who had that kind of funny relationship, but it was still... A brothership. You know what I mean? Like, you're good. You're good. Like, this is still brotherhood. Yeah, the fans and Joel, at the end of the year, you could feel it. But the fact that he's stepping up this just shows he really cares for this city. And like I said, it's just imagine when it's all is over and we come back, the type of love that he's going to get. I, I think it's major what he's doing. It's really major, especially because originally you had Josh Harris come out and say, hey, we're not. We're going to actually take away up to twenty percent of these people's money on salary, and then yeah. stepped up and said, "I'm going to help out not just everything that's going on with COVID nineteen, but I'm going to step up and help pay for these people who have now lost their jobs." And I, I like that Joshua Harris realized this was bad. I'm going to go back on my word, but I feel like he only did that because it looked bad from a PR standpoint, and because Embiid stepped up. One of their players literally did the AI step over on the own. <laughs> of the team like one of the business partners of the team he stepped over him and made that type of impact <laughs> first of all i love that analogy but you're right man he forced his hand he definitely forced his hand and it's a shame but sometimes that's what it takes and that's why the city's going back on that much more when we get back to playing because i honestly think this type of stuff that makes cities love people forever you know what i mean there's certain guys that leave and when you come back you always welcome there's certain guys when they leave when you come back you better be in disguise you know what i mean it's, it's the how you leave your legacy and i think this is one of those things that he's definitely doubling down on his legacy in philly like i said it's, it's major what he's doing and beat is so funny to me i sit back and when i saw all this going down first off my, my heart starts feeling all great this guy's literally doing it for the city then I started to process everything that has happened since he's been here. Really, I mean, this guy lived in a country just not even relatively even close to being compared to what ha- what goes on in Philadelphia. He goes to Kansas, things went down. He ended up getting drafted. There was a tape delay. His face looks miserable when the Sixers pick him. Oh, this guy doesn't even want to be here. To the point where he's running around city like Rocky, playing tennis with random people. And he is, that personality is Philadelphia. And it's so weird to think about that he lived in this other country where he really just started playing basketball because of a camp that he skipped the first day for and then ended up going to after that. It's so weird to think how someone's life changes just like that to where it is now to now impacting the lives of these people who are fighting this coronavirus. 
Yeah, man, he's amazing. He's amazing. I, I can't follow that up, Rhodes. I can't. Like that was that was please go into the next okay. topic. We can he's amazing. We can do that. We can easily do that. And the next topic is Elton Brand. There is news that Leon Rose, the new president of the New York Knicks, interested in Elton Brand. They were waiting to see what was going to happen with him at the end of the season. Would he be fired? Would he be canned? I didn't even think that would be a conversation when this season ended. I thought Brett Brown would be a conversation. Did you even think that Elton Brand would be canned if they lost in the first or second round? Uh, I think at the end of the day, the NBA, they got to blame somebody. And the Elton Brand thing, I'm not saying it's getting old, but some people are like, well, what if it's not him? You know what I mean? They start looking around for somebody else. You heard the jokes when he uh, – Draft, I mean, he got Al Horford. They was like, of course, he gave all that money to a younger version of himself. I feel like there's some people who've been kind of, you know, on the rocks with Elton Brand, but I think that he's seen enough basketball. He's smart enough to know what he's doing is a long time play. Uh, it's just, does he get there? You know what I mean? Does, is, is the NBA patient enough to let him get there? But I would really, really, really hate if he just drove two hours up the road and joined them. That's just. Well, the counter argument is every time the Knicks look for someone to hire, that person sucks. So if the Knicks are interested in Elton Brand, what oh. does that say about Elton Brand? Now that's what oh. the haters are saying. How how okay. would you how would you counter that? Ah, I can't get behind that. <laughs> I can't get behind. I, I like that. I like that. I like that. I really hope under Leon Rose it's a different day up there. And that's that's what things that's what's happening. They're trying to get him because they see are you a part of that when that was at the bottom of the damn barrel? Maybe you can help us turn this around. I really hope that's the thinking. But you got a point. You got a point. If the Knicks is saying, yo, come holler at us. Ah, nah, I'm going to just, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for the next one. You're good. Think about how sad that is. Oh. Everyone <laughs> rips apart the Sixers process. And I, I've recently talked about this on, on my Sports Talk with Broach channel mm -hmm. a little bit. The process of losing all these games, 18 wins, 10 wins, there was only three seasons of that. It feels, or at least it's talked about, like it's 10 billion years. It was three seasons of under 20 wins. So I get that that's frustrating to watch. I'm just trying to relate that right now to what the Knicks are going through. And you have now Ben Simmons, you have Joel Embiid, you have Tobias, Al Horford. I know those they're not they're not cohesively playing well together, but relating it to what the Knicks are going through during their process, you might even tip your cap to the damn Sixers. Yeah, man, Alan Brand ain't going nowhere. Ellen Brandon going over. I, I think they recruited him. You just laid it out. I think they're recruiting him because it's like you made it out of the process. Please show us the same thing. Now, if he does go, I, I don't know. Well, I don't he know. has Maybe. time. Just to be clear, he has time left on his contract, contract with the Sixers. Yeah. yeah. No, for that, for sure, for sure. I'm just saying if he does, if this does end and he's like, all right, I'm going to go up to New York. Ah, Maybe it was a money move. I don't know. But I would love for him to see the process through um, all the way. It's so funny. We're talking about the process through all the way as in the championship. You know, six, seven years ago, it wasn't dog days in Philadelphia. And it was nobody at the game, like you said. And I don't know, man. With Elton Brand, it's, it's because this year's looks so bad that this is, you know, it, it goes on him. Is he perfect? No, he's not perfect. When you look at the rest of the league, and, and one of my big, one of the big discussions I always like to have is, I get why you get emotionally attached to your team and you only care about your team because that's what you're invested in. But sometimes when you are viewing the squad that you are really passionate about, you have to take a step back and look at the rest of the league as well to see where your squad matches up. With Elton Brand as GM, put him in 
a, a category with the other GMs of the league. I would argue that based off of his aggressiveness, based off of him being only 41 years old, having a relationship with a lot of GMs and players and agents, he is at, I would, I'm not going to say he's the best GM in the league, but can you argue, maybe if you break the list down, that he is in the top 10 of general managers? I don't know. I'm just asking that question. But if you look at where he is against the rest of the GMs, it would be silly to think he sucks, he's awful. It's the same comparison to when Carson Wentz has a bad game, trade him. When Ben Simmons has a bad game, we need a new point guard. You know, when Doug Peterson had awful play calls, get rid of this coach, he's stupid. It's just the overreaction to one thing not working when big picture, he's not that bad. Yeah, it's Philly. It's Philly. <laughs> it's Philly. At the end of the day, I always joke people. I said, listen, Philly is a, uh, I guess the best way to put it, is a passionate city. And we are passionate when you win. We're passionate when you lose. And we're going to let you know both. Because like you said, in the same sense, when Ben Simmons has a great uh, great game, oh, my God, our Savior, he's the best thing since sliced bread. You know, let somebody do something right on the Eagles. They're the best thing. Pay them. We're going to win another chip. It's on. But the moment that you have two or three bad games is it's over. And that's what's happened with uh, Elton Brand. And in a sense, he's had a bad game as a GM, a bad year. Sixers finishing, I want to believe, sixth or seventh. And if, if, we, if the NBA season was done today, they finished sixth or seventh in the uh, the East standings. I'm pretty sure it's six. I don't want to yeah, – I don't want to split up short. It's six? Sixth, fifth right, in that down. range. Definitely not okay. seventh, though. Seventh okay. is more of those, like, 500 Eastern yeah. Conference teams. Okay, okay. I, did, I didn't want to say it and be sure, but definitely – you know, they finished sixth in there. The NBA season ended the day. That's not the best look. I understand that. But at the same time, it's a bad game. He had a bad game. He had a bad season as a GM, but you spoke to it. He is the ideal GM. Somebody who's so young, who still understands what's going on in the game today. He's not far removed from the players, but he also has already had relationships with the higher-ups since forever. No, he's the ideal GM. No, I, I, I love that you brought up the passion thing. I had this conversation before with one of my buddies, and he believes it's the fans' job to overreact with passion. That's part of what they are. That is the part of being a fan. While I agree to an extent... But you need to be logical as well. You can be an extremely passionate person with logic tied to that. It's not just someone who is so passionate that logic goes out the window. I mean, I don't think that that's the right way to think about it. That's not what fans are supposed to do. They're supposed to have passion tied with understanding. the We're not just passionate fans. They always say we are smart fans as well. So it can be both. It doesn't just have to be passionate with stupidity. <laughs> the fanatics. I, I know, I know. <laughs> they still. are fanatics. That is the whole word. Fans is short for fanatics. They are fanatical. It's just it's Philly. I, I hate it, bros. I honestly wish you understand. I remember them days. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was, it was different. I would really wish that it was different, but at the same time, that's what makes it so exciting. That's what makes it so cool when we do get somebody new, or you do have a Jimmy Butler or somebody like that come through because now it's all right, we got something to get behind, and Lord knows we're gonna get behind it through and through. So we gotta take the good with the bad with that one, but I feel you. I, I wish it was a little bit nicer, but if it if it keeps producing championships and, and good teams, ah, yeah, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if Elton Brand somehow gets out of this Al Horford contract or something. It just seems like he's the type of guy who does stuff where it's so aggressive, it's so obnoxious, it's so out there that you won't even know if he finds a way to somehow get out of it or makes it work, one of the two. I got to ask you something, because the way you just said that kind of, do you feel like Al Horford's a problem? I 
don't think he is this bad. I find it hard to believe that he went from what he was in Boston to this, where at times he's unplayable. I think at this point his confidence is gone. He's lost with the offense. I'm not saying Al Horford is a problem as an NBA player. I don't think it's worked well enough here to... If if you could move on from that contract and use that money to go out and get a different four, a more realistic stretch for than Al Horford and maybe even another bench piece, it's more of a fit than it is like he's a problem as an NBA player. I get that. I get that. Like I Tobias feel like- Harris, he's, he played the three. Then he's moved to the four at times when they moved Al Horford to the bench. Tobias Harris is more of a realistic four for this team than someone like Al Horford is. So I just don't know if the fit worked as good as we expected it to when the when it actually went down. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And this was my issue when they pay Al Horford that much. And obviously, listen, we're just guys talking shit about basketball. You know what I mean? Got the utmost respect for Al Horford and all that. I got to say all this politically correct shit. But it's my opinion. I'm just calling it what it is. When they paid him that much money, I was confused. Getting Al Horford, I completely understand. At the end of the day, this is a young at times, it looks like dumbass team that you're going to need a, a veteran presence in there to kind of rally people in. And you wanted that Jimmy Butler. And then we saw, ah, oh, no. You know what I mean? If anything, he's pushing it that much more. So you need somebody who's kind of that common presence, even more than Tobias Harris, because he's older and he's seen enough basketball. I get that. You also needed somebody who was not going to stop Joel Embiid. At the end of the day, I felt like the biggest part of that move was getting him off of the Celtics, getting the one person on the Celtics who could stop Joel Embiid and give us problems was Al Horford. But to pay him that much money for those jobs, I don't get it. Stevie Wonder can see he don't fit the damn Sixers offense. You know what I mean? I love Stevie. Shout out to Stevie. But, but Stevie Wonder can see he does not fit the offense. They like to get up and down. If you, I don't really call him the second best player. I think it's my fault. I'm hitting the mic. I think it's, you know, 1A and 1B with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Because I love Ben Simmons for the, all the things that he does outside of shooting the ball, obviously. At the end of the day, you're let's call him 1B at time player. You know what I mean? Your best player likes to get up and down and transition. You have a guy who likes to step out, who's 7'2", likes to step out and hit threes. This team runs. They're young. They're fast. Even Tobias Harris, yeah, he has a half-court game list to break people down, but this team likes to get out and run, and you throw an Al Horford in that mix. It just it, – So just let me say this real quick. You're, you're, you defend – Elton Brand, as I do. I, mm-hmm. I think I would be happy to see him here. I like the aggressiveness. The same people who are pissed off with Elton Brand for being aggressive and making these moves, they're the same people that want Howie Roseman to make every single trade possible every time a free agent happens. So you do need to realize there's more to this and just say, go get everyone, go get everyone. But Elton Brand has done that. And you, it seems like you were on the page of let's keep him here, yet you are saying, you know, how do you defend this type of move, I guess you just flat out can't. This you you chalk this up to one of his bad games. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I can't. That's what I'm saying. Like but I one can't. One of these bad games. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate, even though I agree with you. One of his bad games is something that can haunt this team for three years, four years. So is it a bad game, or can you, because it's a GM move that makes the window different for four seasons, say that this is more than one game? I'm just playing devil's advocate because I know how the Elton Brand haters will now come at people like me and you. Nah, at the end of the day, it's the NBA. Something can happen. Something can always happen. You know what I mean? Like, they talk these contracts, and guys are locked in, and we get that, but we didn't see it how many times before. Something can happen. Am I saying that something is getting rid of Al Horford? Hell no. I love Al Horford. But 
at the end of the day, they gave, they told him they was going to give him this much money. They have to find a way to kind of, all right, maybe we don't get rid of him. Maybe we find somebody who's undervalued, but can do the job that we need him to do. And is a little more fitting. And you might have to take it on the chin. You might have to give him, I mean, like you told me he was going to give him his bread, give him his bread. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, like I said, there is something to be said about that's a bad game. I can't, I can't defend that. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, you know what I mean? Like it's your boy, like he throw a turnover and it's your back, man. Next play. You know what I mean? I right. can't defend this one. Okay. Then one more thing you, you went when you went on that when you went on that little rant of yours that I enjoyed. You talked about Al Horford being brought in here to be that veteran guy. I don't know if he has been because he he hasn't backed it up with his play. He seems to be down, his head's always down, he looks lost, he looks confused, he looks frustrated. He definitely doesn't bring that veteran presence right now because I feel like his play isn't supporting that. Who is the leader of that team. It, will this thing work with it maybe being Joel Embiid, maybe being Ben Simmons, or does someone have to step the hell up and be like, this is my fucking team? Mm. I, I could, Okay, this is what I'm going to say. The responsibility is split, and I feel like that's what they didn't want to happen. I feel like Al Horford was going to be that guy who kind of, he was going to be like, you know who's going to be like? Donis Haslam. The Miami Heat, it was no, it was no mistaken that, you know, it was showtime. You got you got a big three and Chris Bosch, uh, D Wade, and LeBron James. And, you know, you had all they had. But it was no doubt who like Indonis Haslam's uh presence was on that team. There was no missing that. Nobody who watched the game could say, all right, you could see like when he talks, they understand him on a different level because he's seen it. He's been around the block. He's seen it. He wasn't LeBron. He wasn't D-Wade. He wasn't Chris Bosh, but he did his part. And I honestly think that's what they were hoping Al Horford to be. Maybe not the leader out there on the floor. You ain't going to go out there and be the guy night in, night out, but you're going to do your job. We know we're going to get at you because at the end of the day, we got a young, unpredictable team at the time. So we know we're going to get out of you. And at the end of the day, when you start talking, everybody going to look at you and be like, all right, it ain't no more talking because now he's speaking. Yeah, now I'm, you, Donison, now I'm just thinking about that, <laughs> that squad, how much fun it was. See, at one point, as much of a LeBron fan that I am, there was one point when he was on Miami that I couldn't stand him. I remember one year watching the Spurs just rooting against the Heat so badly. Like, I wanted them to lose so bad I was rooting for the Spurs. Then the next year, there I am. And I'm rooting for the Miami Heat. I mean, it was like literally the next year. I was literally rooting for the team that I hated the year before. And from that moment, I was just in awe with everything that he brought to the table. I'm, I am now a, I am a stan. I am a stan. I say that so in, in an upset tone, but I am one of the stands of LeBron. I, I, res- I respect that you can admit it. I, I respect them. That's as far as I'm going to go. Really? That's so weird to think from a guy who played such high-level basketball. And now you start to see, with this whole coronavirus stuff, a lot of current NBA players are all on social media. And because of where we are with these players, Trey Young, people like that who are new in the league, Luka Doncic, they grew up watching LeBron not as much as they watched Michael Jordan's career. So LeBron, to them, is the MJ. Now, you're a little bit older. When MJ was in his prime, though... You weren't able to dissect the game the same way as now with LeBron, right? So that's weird for someone growing up with more of LeBron's prime that he didn't connect with you as much as he does to someone like me. This this is what I'm going to say to that. LeBron's the shit. There is no refuting that. For you to try to act like he's not, it's, you're lying to yourself. LeBron's the shit. I'm not even a Jordan guy. 
I'm a Kobe guy. <laughs> like, yeah, but this, this is the thing. It's almost like when the argument with Jay-Z or Drake. I was like, you remember that time in between when it was this guy who dominated the hell out of things named Little Wayne? That's how I kind of look at this LeBron and, uh, and Jordan argument. There was this dude in between that had a pretty good run who doesn't get mentioned. Obviously, you have to split up the responsibility. LeBron is much more of a PR dream than Jordan. I think he is a genuinely decent guy. I hate some of his corny ass antics. That's 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 why I said like that's the part of it. It's just like oh god, like he could just be so cheesy at times. But I, I don't want to do this right now because this could be a full on podcast in itself. <laughs> but do you agree that Michael and LeBron are in their own tier? Then Kobe is in his own tier under that, which is super close, but it's not there. And then from there, it's a complete drop-off. I mean, don't get me wrong. You have the guys like the Kareems and stuff like that. Centers in the old days, it's so hard to compare them to what these players are now. So it, I don't put them in the same type of categories. They're in like their own section. But would you agree or disagree with me that MJ and LeBron are in their own category. Then it's Kobe, which is almost touching it. I mean, it basically is touching it, but it's not in there. And then from there, it's, hey, there's a list of guys that are great, but not not even close to the same level. I disagree. I knew you were going to say that. That's why I think this would be a perfect podcast in its own. I'm going to say, we definitely going to have to get into this further. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say this because you're right. I, I don't want to get too far off track. I think... Kobe is in a tier of his own. I think all of them are quite frankly in their own tier. At the end of the day, they, they had they ran different eras. They did their thing at, at different times that overlapped, obviously. But I think they are in, in very different ways. Just they they're the top three. You know, they're the big three and they all have different things. The reason I don't put LeBron just as high as Kobe and Jordan is because Kobe and Jordan, and this is this is the part with me with basketball that I don't like that people don't acknowledge. Kobe and Jordan, at the end of the day, fought it through and figured it out. They figured it out. They would, Jordan was getting his ass kicked years before he got his first title. And then when he did, he was like, I'm going to run off three of these Jones back to back to back. Kobe had a huge stretch. And was it self-induced? I don't know. I wasn't in that locker room with the Lakers, you know, after, after the Shaq era. But Kobe had a huge stretch where things did not work out. And he said, you know what? I'm not leaving. This is my shit. I'm going to figure out how to instill myself in these guys. And then you're going to see And Paul Gasol and, and, and Ron Artest, sorry, Metal World Peace, all of them say the same thing. He took on another level of leadership to get us there. My issue with LeBron is that for you to talk about somebody being the GOAT and not being that leader that got guys there, I can't co-sign that. I can't put you in the same tier as them. My last thing. you had to jump. No, no, my last thing, though. Go ahead. Um, two things. <laughs> Five things. No, no, no. Um, he lost to the Dallas Mavericks, and I would say that that was facing adversity. And then what happened the next year? I mean, that's facing adversity, and then that's battling back. And look what happens to these franchises when he leaves. All right? They fall <laughs> apart. Now, I don't even want you to respond because this will go on forever. And I do want to have this conversation. And I think at some point throughout this run here without sports, that will be a perfect conversation to have. So with that being said, we will transition to the last segment of this bad boy. And it will be what I saw on Clutch Sports where you can have one former Sixer back. And they lay out five guys for you. Dario Sharch, which I think is hilarious that he's even on the list. Markel Fultz, Jimmy Butler, Drew Holiday, and Lou Will. 
and I thought this was a good list. Uh, the only one that if I redid this, I'd probably think someone else other than Dario because I don't know if he really fits the other guys. So right off the bat, I sent this to you and said this would be perfect. Instantly, your reaction. Who was your go-to guy? Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. <laughs> I was shocked to see Drew. Now he went like instantly when I saw it for me. Jimmy Butler clearly catches the eye because of his <clears throat> the the dog mentality. He's the alpha. He's what the team needs. Second, though, and it's a close second, was Lou Will. Imagine that off the bench. Now, he logs it. The thing is with Lou Will is he's a sixth man. He also plays 30 minutes a night. So, yes, he's a sixth man, but he gets these minutes like he's not a sixth man. He gives you 20 points a night. I mean, he knocks down threes at like 36%. That type of off-the-bench play would be electric, and he's another ball handler that can work with Ben Simmons. Yeah, so Lou Will was my second, and I was so happy you said that. So Jimmy Butler's third. That's the odd thing for me to hear. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Unless Fultz is in the mix. No, no, so Jimmy Butler, to me, if this team was a little bit older, a little bit more mature, and they had a little bit more of themselves defined, I feel like Jimmy Butler is that 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 last that last oomph you need. But I feel like his presence, his game is so it's such a it's such a presence. It takes up so much space for a team that's still trying to figure out themselves. It's like, all right, let the young boys grow. Jimmy, you gotta go. So I, I understand and him not being there. Lou Will being second. I love Lou Will because, like you said, off the bench, let's say if a Joel or a Tobias goes to the bench, now Ben Simmons, he gets his assist up because you know you have a microwave on the wing who's just an automatic bucket when you kick it to him. You know what I mean? And he's going to take maybe one or two or three dribbles to break somebody down, but for the most part, Ben Simmons can get in and de- know I can depend on him for at least three of my assists tonight because he's going to look out because they're going to have to help. But Drew Holiday, the reason I say Drew is because I've said a million times before, I feel like this team is one Eric Bledsoe, Drew Holiday type character who can handle the ball, but also shoot a good clip from three away from really being complete. I feel like that's what's missing. So I say Drew Holiday. Do you think Drew Holiday has enough oomph? Under him, like he's a good player, and I actually really do. I he flies under the radar because he's on a team that doesn't really have much pop to them. But with his personality on the court, you mentioned Eric Bledsoe, you mentioned like a dog. I even think Lou Will might have more dog than Drew Holiday, and that's not to knock Drew, but do you think he has enough of that to really put this team over the next level, or is he like a Tobias Harris where he gives you that 20 points per night, but it's not loud enough to really? make it seem like he's doing it. Like, Tobias gives you 20 night, and I always support that. We've both supported that, but it's a quiet 20. It's not a dominating 20. Would Drew fit that narrative? I, I don't know. Lou Will would have more of a spark, I would say. No, Lou Will would definitely have more of a spark, but we talked about a veteran presence. We talked about a common presence of somebody who can really get this thing back on point. He knows Philly. I think this is the problem with Philly fans. We expect people who aren't from Philly to come here when they play to Philly just be Philly. Don't get me wrong. You got to be some type of tough to play here, to be on these teams. Bryce Harper last year, you know, he gets booed. He was like, listen, I know where I'm at. You know what I mean? He's done at a phenomenal end. job at accepting exactly. this city. 
Exactly, exactly. So you have to be able to accept that part of it. But the idea that just going to instill this personality, we're like this because we've been here all our lives. We've been bat- <laughs> we're batshit crazy. I mean, we've been drinking the water, we've been breathing the air here. This is in us through and through. But if for some people who are not from here, maybe that's not their identity. But can he get the job done? Hell yeah. Like I said, a point guard who can really be a point guard who can push Ben towards that four sometimes, shoot a good clip from three. And when we get in the locker room, you know he's saying the right things. And he's already been here. He sees no. He knows what the city's about. You know I'm what's great? No, no. It's it's not a bad option. If the the Drew Jimmy Butler Lou Will conversation, the thing I like about this is I feel like you will get a different answer from a lot of different people, and I think that's what's great about this. No one's picking Dario. With all due respect, he, he's nothing. Marco Fultz is interesting because he's somewhat. Like, okay, real quick, we'll get on Fultz. It's you know my <laughs> opinion on him is. I don't believe that I hate to be that guy and it feels really rude and it feels obnoxious, but I personally do believe this. And and I'm just going to say like, I don't believe that there was an injury. I don't believe that the motorcycle accident, like I feel as if there was a lot of pressure and it just got to him. And sometimes, as you stated, we are a different type of city. And there was a ton of pressure. He came in where we're ready to make a run to the finals. This is the piece. This is the addition. We are going to the finals. It was just a lot for him to handle. And it got tough for him. The confidence went to hell. And when you have zero confidence, you're screwed. You're not grown into a person yet. You're 18 years old. You're not really understanding what's going on at this very second. So I just feel like it was too much for him to handle. He'll have a decent season. Right now, he's averaging 12-5. and five. All the Fultz lovers that didn't want him gone is, is claiming that's fantastic. The guy was drafted number one overall. And another pick in on top of that to go out and get him. 12-5 and five for a guy like that, if that's his career, it, it's not good enough. I don't want to be rude, but I just feel like there was nothing actually physically wrong with the shoulder. No one remembers the process that this went down. He had a doctor's appointment. He couldn't get a doctor's appointment. It took him weeks to wait. He had to wait days. He had to wait a ton of time. We're talking about the number one overall pick. Can't find a doctor to look at his shoulder. It wasn't all pretty and dandy on his part where he was trying everything. He had some miscues as well during the whole thing. It was just a mutual, this isn't going to work. Yeah, it was that was a total boss job. I don't know. I, I like to think it was a nerve damage, but you're right. That whole situation was kind of weird. I mean, I wish him the best. I hate to pull this card. Like I was on summer league with him that year. I graduated and like that was his year coming out. He's a great kid. He's a great kid. Good dude had his head on his shoulders, right? You know, he was just like, nah. He straight up said, Listen, basketball is one of the few sports that you could just get in the gym and just get better, man. He was very humble. He was very grateful where he was. He's a great kid. So I, I don't I don't root against him in that sense. But I can't put him in this list because we're talking about that piece that was going to complete it. Like you said, 12 and 5 probably isn't from what they were expecting from him. I just don't. I will say this. I completely forgot to mention this about the Lou Will thing, too. You talk about Lou Will having dog in him, and he does. But Lou Will has been on some losing teams. And Lou Will wasn't the difference between those teams you know, getting back on a winning track. I think he's a good piece, but we talking about the piece. That's why I go with you, Holly. I'm sorry, I had to double down on that. I'm sorry. Well, if it's if it's the piece, you said Jimmy Butler's too much of a personality. If it's the piece, yeah. I think the team needs the personality. So I I would pick Jimmy over Drew. It would go Jimmy Lou Drew, but with those three, 
it's not far of a separation. I won't be pissed with Drew Holiday. I won't be pissed with Lou. I love all the options, and I love how they can do different things for mm-hmm. this team. So all three things they, they kind of need. They need a bench piece, a six-man. Lou Will as a six-man would be deadly. Drew Holiday is the starting point guard, and him and Ben can do two different things. That would be deadly, and then we know what Jimmy Butler can do. So I just I, um, I just I kind of want to date real back very quick to that Fultz thing. I, I didn't. I didn't realize you guys spent time together, so you have a totally different view on it than me. I feel like what I just laid out is the obnoxious, <laughs> obnoxious fan that I always talk about with the whole folks thing. For the, for some reason, I can't get that Philadelphia fan part of me part out of me when it comes to folks. He is, and I'm sure he is a great human being. When mm-hmm. I talk about a basketball fan standpoint, not a oh, yeah. not a talk human being standpoint, talk. because I'm like, he is a hate the face. Bro. I just can't stand <laughs> looking at him on a basketball floor. But from a personal standpoint, I get the I'm biased. I, like, let's be real. I wouldn't want to be in his situation because I am sure it is very hard. It is very tough. It is mentally draining. Like I can I yeah. couldn't imagine being in that spot literally in his shoes. I understand how it could be brutal from that side. Mm-hmm. Being from this side is just a fan of basketball. I just can't stand looking at his face, bro. Bro, if this one, it's, listen, man. You talk, everybody talk this America, this America, that. If there's one thing you could do is speak your mind. It ain't <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I'm biased. I'm biased. Like I said, I think that's the thing that for me is I go to defend them. But at the end of the day, what happened on the court and what happened with them doctors can't be excused. At the end of the day, it was like, all right, one day he just can't shoot. You know what I mean? And I think I don't think it was the fact that he couldn't do it. It was the fact that you telling me nobody has answers. As a fan, hell yeah, I was pissed. I'm not saying, I'm not excusing that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying for me, as far as judging him personally, all right, I got a bit of a bias. But the job didn't get done. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, that is one of the craziest uh, parts of this whole thing. And, and I know a lot of people mention this, and I feel like it would be a great thing to see just the process documentary and there would be so much involved from I mean when you lay this thing out and you start diving in deep when I talk about this right now it's going to be a very brief overlook but when you really dive this thing deep from you know losing games on purpose trading away players so you can get pieces and then you try and put crap on the floor on purpose to lose games and then you finally get a GM in the mix because the NBA steps in to fire your GM because they know they're trying to tank on purpose this guy has a fake Twitter account and his wife's involved and then you trade for Fultz. He forgets how to play basketball. Ben Simmons gets hurt. Joel Embiid gets hurt. They both sit out time. I mean, it's crazy. Jimmy Butler to buy. This thing would go on forever. And if you start diving down into like the real juicy part of this whole entire process, no pun intended, it would be absolutely wild to watch a 30 for 30. I'm picturing right now the Fab Five. Like that, Thank right? you. Like, Thank oh. you. That is what I said. This is going to make a great 30 for 30, especially if it ends a championship. Who knows? I don't see everybody being around by the time we get to that point, but who knows? But this is definitely, you're right. The story of this has just been, I didn't even think about it. I, I do know this, though, and I think this is the other part why I said Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, I don't know about you, bro, but I remember saying, when they got rid of Eager Dollar, I was like, hmm. And then when Drew Holiday goes and makes the All-Star, because right at the he made the All-Star game, and then when Drew and Holiday goes and makes the All-Star game, they get rid of him. I'm like, hmm. That was the start of the tanking shit. So that is what I think that I think that's another reason why I would kind of want to see him back. If he came full circle. And just to go off on another tangent, I completely forgot this about your boy Jimmy Butler. Love him. I really hope 
that like you talk about that personality and that fire he has that is needed. I really hope what happened is they saw it enough in the locker room in that last year with him that they saw it throughout this year when they didn't have that and they didn't carry it, that it'll click on like, yo, we need that. And somebody needs to be that or we need it. it we need to be divvied up amongst us. But we need whatever the hell that was because we saw what it had last season. No, it's interesting. It's almost like you use that as a tool for the players to develop instead of we need Jimmy here to be that guy that yeah. part of the process of Elton Brand getting him and losing him was the part of Ben Simmons growing or was the part of Joel Embiid growing knowing that listen we need that to be at the next level now we will end this podcast on on this note which is totally out there but you mentioned Iguodala so I need to ask you this question <laughs> this man and I respect his career I, I hated what he did with the Memphis Grizzlies, by the way, to this past yeah. season where he sat out, didn't feel like playing. That's crap. I mean, that ruins a little bit of how I feel about him. Yeah. But this man, and this dates back to LeBron James. <laughs> I, I need to look up the exact numbers, and we will when we get into that specific podcast. But my mm-hmm. man won finals MVP after holding LeBron James to these obnoxious, historic, unbelievable numbers where he's dropping 30-plus per game. I mean, his average that see, that finals was electric. And somehow, Iguodala, I, I don't want to just spitball numbers because I know they were absolutely obnoxious. And you know what? As I'm, You're damn right. We're going to end this with me. Looking <laughs> up the but, how, like, how did he win? Think about stopping him to that degree. But he still I, shit on everyone. <laughs> that was that was Iggy's thing. That was what he was known for. He was known for defense. You know what I mean? He was known for being that guy. I like I said, Iguodala, when they got rid of him, it wasn't as much of a you know, a kind of like side eye. It was when they got rid of Drew Holiday right after when he blew up. That was when it was like Now what right. was the year that was that twenty fifteen? Was that yes, it, okay. it was it had like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, okay. Um here you go. He was also tasked with guarding. Okay, this is talking about Iguodala. Iguodala guarded LeBron James and won Finals MVP, holding LeBron James to thirty-five point eight points per game, thirteen point three rebounds, and eight point eight assists. That is unbelievable. That is finesse. unbelievable. And I <laughs> respect this. I love defense. I love defense. I don't know how you can possibly do that. That either, <laughs> it, I mean, it almost, maybe that's disrespecting. Okay, you know what? That might be disrespecting what he did in that series, but mm-hmm. that should just defend how great LeBron is. And yeah. with that being said, I think this is a perfect time to end this. <laughs> I can't wait for that pod. That's going to be awesome. Oh, my God. Well, th- this was episode one. We got time to talk about it. Ain't yeah. like there's anything else going on. You're damn right. So I thought <laughs> this was a phenomenal episode one. Uh, there's going to be a lot more to to go from here. So well, what I will say is make sure you follow us on Twitter at Processed76ers. We have a giveaway, the Allen Iverson Sox. And not only that, if you are interested in hearing specific topics or you know you have some great ideas in mind of what you want to hear in terms of the Sixers, some questions about Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, don't be afraid to tweet at us. We are going to be very active on that Twitter account. We will be putting up visual content. I've been breaking down top 10 plays of Joel Embiid and people have been commenting back on it. So it's been great. So other than that, yeah, I think uh, I think this went really well. Any final thoughts, D-Ray? 
Ah, oh, man, I don't know. I feel like we're going to get in the groove with these. You're probably going to find a going out routine. But nah, bro, that was great. That was great. I think the best part about this is we brought up several things that we definitely have time to talk about now because ain't no live sports. So this has been fun, man. This yeah, is going to be fun. Absolutely. It's all about just our, our, our motto here is just two guys shooting the shit. Two guys shooting the shit. We we had topics we want to talk about, and then in those topics, here goes all of these other topics. LeBron, Kobe, Iguodala. What the hell are we talking about Iguodala and Lou Will today? Uh, you know what I mean? It's just things just go on their own way, but that's the point. That's what we want to do. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of Process.